The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello, I'm Jack Newman. And I'm Ben Haworth. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast, where this year we go spinning off into space with our review of... <laughs> of First Man, the newest film by Damien Chazelle. Uh, how are you doing this week, Ben? It's nice. It's nice to be back on with you. I like. I like this one because this is going to be a super technical episode of the Movie Gang Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buck, buckle, buckle down. Get your nerd hats on. Get ready to talk about uh, aspect ratios and yep. what should and should not be in IMAX. And uh, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you think we're going to talk about <laughs> flags and Neil Armstrong. Probably not so much. <laughs> I, think. I could I could avoid that whole argument, honestly. I mean, you can, you uh, can we, go we ahead and say the flag's there. It's dumb. It's not the point of the movie. And uh, if you bitch about it uh, and you saw it, I don't know. I understand. I understand. Yeah, it's where it's where this thing is like. There's like this moment where like this 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 is somebody else's interpretation of it as a human moment, and it's one of those things that can be both a national and a human moment. And it's like this is the. I don't even want to call this as the human interpretation of that, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it's it's awesome. it's it's a people are upset because they don't explicitly. Well, they show the flag on the ground. They just don't explicitly show him planting the flag, which I don't even know was that filmed because I never see the film of that. I don't ever see the step anyway, so I'm not exactly surprised. That's a good question. I don't think they did because you I haven't mean, seen the, it. That was weird it. about that. They had this. I heard a very interesting story about astronauts on the moon. Like, there's this great This American Life recently. I don't remember the number, but it was uh, they interviewed this astronaut who could not give a shit less about space. It is so funny. He's just like, I don't know. I just wanted to be back home. <laughs> like, yeah. You're in space. He's like, I don't, I don't care. Space um, fucking sucks. <laughs> but uh, but he was the one who came up with taking that famous shot you've seen of the Earth rising over the moon. And NASA didn't even think to take a picture of that because they're a bunch of nerds. They don't think about these things. Yep. So that's, I don't think they thought about the patriotism of getting to the moon. They're like, let's get some moon rocks. Yeah, that's why you need Damien Chazelle to come in and fucking uh, make a movie about like your history and kind of which is which, which, which is actually one of the things that I like about this movie is like. And here's the difference: I I probably enjoy i don't know uh, enjoy is a strong word for what i feel about this movie i probably like the like i understand that the, the the way that this actually happened is an incredibly difficult thing to adapt and i like that it doesn't go out of its way to dramatize it too much like it hits that nice sweet spot of you know it's it's you know maybe maybe it's maybe you know armstrong's history is a little touch too far uh with his daughter and stuff, but we can get into the faith stuff later. But overall, it's interesting. What I can't stand and what I know you can't stand as well is the way that this movie is shot. And before, before we get into that, cause we need to talk about that. I need to do a film synopsis real fast. So I apologize. Right. Cause you gotta take this, gotta get this out of the way on the heels of the six time Academy award winning smash of La La Land Oscar winning director, Damien Chazelle and star Ryan Gosling routine for the universal pictures. First man, the riveting story of NASA's mission to land a man on the moon, focusing on Neil Armstrong in the years, 1961 to 1969, a visceral first person account based on the book by James, R. Hansen, the movie will explore the sacrifice and the costs on Armstrong and on the nation. 
of one of the most dangerous missions in history. Written by Academy Award winning Josh Singer, Spotlight and Drama is produced by Wick Godfrey and Marty Bowen, The Twilight's... Uh, through their Temple Hill Entertainment banner alongside Giselle Gosling, Isaac Klausner, executive producer, DreamWork Pictures co-financing the film. Why in the world you would your you official picked, synopsis... You, no, 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 that's You got like a role, full press lease. I, I, I did one. get a... I got, got a full press lease. There's, just, there's not like a... Here, I got a better one right here, actually. Uh, okay. Yeah. That was a lot. A look at the life of Neil, an astronaut Neil Armstrong and the legendary space mission that led to him to become the first man to walk on the moon to July 20th, 1960. That's the other one. That's, just, that that's, that's better. Yeah, that's better. See, the okay, thing is with go. these biopics where they don't have like a lot of like you know the story. They're always like ah, Oscars, uh, money, people, power. Yeah. You know, like, oh, he made La La Land. Don't you know? Like, come on. Don't like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Get out to this movie. God damn it, you fucking animals. You fucking get you some animals. culture. <laughs> Watch get something some that doesn't have superheroes in it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you would do that. And I, uh, I don't know what I'm doing now. <laughs> this bit's getting really intense. Um, yeah, but what did you think of the cinematography, Ben? Oh, it drove me nuts. Um, the uh, my example is um, there's this great sequence at the end of a a movie that is weirdly underrated for, in my opinion, for the fact that it won Best Picture. Uh, Hurt Locker. Um, yeah. There's this great sequence at the end where, even though the film is shot a lot in handheld and uh, and with sort of a grimy look, when he goes back home, it's all this like wonderful washed out blue, and everything is filmed just a little too tight, and uh, and and kind of in this soft, kind of like a hard soft focus in a weird way, where it's like almost uncomfortable, and there's this amazing shot where he's looking at cereal, and it's like this giant wall of cereal, and you get it, like oh, he feels. This is where he feels alien, where we all think home is. That's for him uh, an alien world now. And it works really well visually. And the reason yeah. it works really well visually is it contrasts with the other parts of the movie. And <laughs> for me, uh, whenever they're in the Gemini and the camera's going crazy and the sound design, which is flawless in this movie. Space movies always get amazing sound design. <laughs> just, yeah, it's they, just, they let the, the sound designers just go crazy for that. Yeah, they're Even like though space is famously has no sound. <laughs> it's like Star Wars <laughs> and Gravity and all these great space movies of great sound. Yeah. It's um, one of those things where you think that like technical, like you know, machinery sound design is a much more fun field than like wood sound true. design. Even like you got all these birds and yeah. shit. <laughs> you make a very good point, like doing metal and screeching and. Shit like shit like Alien, you know, like that's oh, amazing absolutely. sound design. Yeah, you make a very good point. Um, yeah, and so uh, when your scenes of Neil Armstrong getting tea <laughs> and talking to his wife are still filmed exactly the same as uh, the Gemini space uh, launches, uh, it drives me insane, and it really really wore me down about the film as it went yeah. along. Now, we the- should both preface, we saw this in IMAX, and you should frankly not, not see this in IMAX. I know that the moon landing sequence is in IMAX for five minutes, and it is a pretty because they fucking lock the camera down, and it looks really nice. Yeah. Shot um, entirely different than the rest of the goddamn movie. So and I thought for, for practical reasons. I don't think they... I don't, even I don't think, I don't think you artistic. can shake an IMAX camera like that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. I want to see the guy who says there's like there's like just, you know there's like three like Fabio looking motherfuckers like oh no 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry. They weigh like 800 pounds. <laughs> yeah, it was like... <laughs> um, you have a team of 12 Schwarzeneggers. <laughs> yeah, God forbid you'd want a fucking green screen uh, motion blur. Oh my God. I'd, wanna, oh. I'd, I'd literally murder Damien Giselle myself, and I didn't even work on it. Um, so... Because of that, it, it it drove me crazy, and my example was that it's like a biopic a la Transformers. It is, and, and the editing is very quick too. That's the crazy part. It's like every beat is like cut to the bare bone, even though it's like a two and a half hour movie, and it's just like beat after beat after beat after movement after movement. So there's no like pace or slowing it down or everything, and it's very strange to me because Damien Chazelle has done Whiplash, La La Land, did those all very different. You know, Whiplash is a very good example of like the drumming sequences are filmed very close and have these like tight, shallow focus and they go kind of tighter and tighter yep. in as he yep. goes more go crazy. But like his scenes with his dad don't look like that. His scenes with his girlfriend don't look like that. You know, this he is th- this is you- one where somebody went in with a style in mind and then there's just yeah. a lack of direction to direct it to highlight the things that need to be highlighted or just there's just a total. There's an opening shot. There's a bunch of opening shots in this film where somebody's talking and the focus just drifts away from them. And that's that that mm-hmm. that's insane to me because like I understand that it's like the whole point is like him losing his daughter, but those shots are like tight and still of her like getting chemo and shit. And then it's like later on it's just like they're having a conversation and his focus just like drifts like the focus of the camera just drifts away. And it's like I understand that like this is maybe how he's feeling in his perspective, but you need to show me specifically that he's there and this is his perspective and that's like all of that secondary filmmaker stuff needing to make that land is just not there and they do shit like they just do it at random fucking times and the other thing is like the big thing that bothers me is like an actual super 16 millimeter film like camera was used and you know blowing super 16 up for imax is just Jesus. dumb guys like that's just dumb Grain, you can't... grains the size of beach balls my god yeah, like just like <laughs> like you blow that shit up and i'm just like sitting in the film like what the fuck is happening like not not you dude <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah it, it, I mean, that's part of the problem is that we, we did see it in IMAX, but I mean, they shouldn't have put it in IMAX. And the problem is the the other prints don't have a full aspect ratio for the IMAX sequences. They don't expand right. it. They, they crop it. Which is so, always the problem with doing fucking multiple prints in a single film like this. This is what this is a big problem I have with Interstellar. Like, you can do shit like this, but like, you, you, you all, your, your final reel is not what you want it to be, guys. Like, it's just not. Right, and the only one that did it really well was Dark Knight because it said four sequences, four total and it's also, sequences. So it would it would only expand once. And Hunger Games did it well because it had the the expansion move with movement of the camera, which I thought was really clever. No one else has yeah. done that since. Here's the other thing too: is Dark Knight and Hunger Games like they? I don't know why this is this is actually going to be a dumb point that I shouldn't make, but like because they're less serious material, I just somehow don't care as much as this film doing it. Does that make sense? Like, I know that's dumb because I know everyone loves the Dark Knight, and I love the Dark Knight too. But like you know the 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 screen is black. Like you know everything is black when he does the switchovers, and they're almost flawless. And that extra couple inches of black doesn't really make that huge of a difference. It does give the full effect, but I just I don't know, guys. Like I, I just it, it's it's one of those things where it's like this is a this is a different sort of film where I want the technical specs, and he uses Super sixteen, he uses Technosco two perf thirty five millimeters, and IMAX cameras, and just the combination of the three 
is just not working for me because he's going from he's going from an extreme two three five one and a one forty and like a one point forty three. No, he's like a, a, a sorry. Let me just this two point thirty five over by one and one point forty three by one. So he's just switching like this. Is, there's an extreme shift in aspect yeah. ratios, and it's just very obvious every time it happens. Which is just you know the shift in the Dark Knight is much more subtle between the two, and it also makes uses of, of like color and everything else. I'm, I'm not gonna defend the Hunger Games because I do notice with the Hunger Games, but I don't think the rest of the audience notices that because that's that's just you and me. <laughs> it's <laughs> one of those things. I appreciate that they expanded the frame with the movement of the camera, so it's not as like jarring. But yeah, like, yeah, that's that's how you do it. But it's a little clever, you know. Yeah, and um, it's also like it's. I just I don't want to say this again, but it's like the Hunger Games. I just don't expect as much from it. I'm sorry. I know that's terrible. I get, I get. No, I mean because <laughs> the first one was visually also very bad because it also decided to do shaky cam without. Uh, point yep <laughs> are you proud look are you proud damien chazelle you took notes from the hunger games like <laughs> from the first one not even, <laughs> like not even the ones. good one <laughs> um yeah there really is only good one one good one huh yeah um, middle middle one right are we on yeah, the same the page one. One. oh thank god good. yes i love you ben i love that i can always count on where you are <laughs> yeah. um we're dumb hipsters great yeah <laughs> Uh, the second Hunger Games the only good one. God, it's the only good one. God. Well, the only Iron Man movie that I like is Iron Man 3. <laughs> Who, why couldn't you not like Shane Black? You know he made Die Hard, right? <laughs> Wrote Die Hard. Sorry. Oh my god. I just broke the spell. Oh, no. Oh. Um, we, uh... Yeah, we're going to get technical on this. Sorry, guys. I mean, we already did aspect ratios. You're in or you're out at this point. Um, and, and, and that 16 millimeter thing, I saw an interesting thing that um, I watched this very good video with Nicolas Cage uh, talking about his roles. You know, those GQ videos where they go through like different roles and they kind of tell an interesting story about it or his process. He was talking about Leaving Las Vegas, which was shot entirely in 16 millimeter. And he made this really interesting point, which I thought was really um, smart, where he says, like, when you have a camera that's 35 millimeter, it's this big. It's a camera. You can tell. It's like a big-ass right. camera. But when you have a, a, a 60 millimeter camera, it fits in your hand. Like, it gets that yeah. much smaller. And so you often don't feel like there's a camera there. And he, he felt like, you know, that movie, he felt more improvisational. And so that's what you can do with 16 millimeter. And so I get that, but this movie is not improvisational at all. It is yeah. a yeah. very studied, very purposefully written this is written by josh singer who did spotlight and the post he's a very yeah. processed guy he loves yeah, it, process and 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 decades and you know the things yeah. slowly getting more and better and getting closer and and i do think the thing that josh singer does that is the most interesting to me just talk about the script real quick is i do like that it deals with the human cost of the space program uh the right stuff in apollo 13 they they definitely mention the uh I believe it was one of the Saturn launches, Saturn 8, yeah. I believe it was the one where, yep, where yep. the three guys died. They mention it, they definitely deal with it, but they don't dwell on it like this movie does. This movie really dwells on people died like, <laughs> really horribly yeah. a lot. It's and they also do a moon. good scene. They have a re- I really enjoy the scene of like the dude over there like saying, like, why he's going beyond the moon. Like it kinda like Right, which I think I I thought I heard that before from somewhere but yeah like it's a, i think it's a fame i, I i'm assuming i don't know song. I, it I must be a famous song familiar. 
Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a, like almost like a stand up routine that's done, and I and I think that's one of those things. It's like I'm sure, like you know, they, this movie does an excellent job of selling the fact that the space pro- program probably seemed ridiculous in the moment. Do you know what I mean? Which I did like. I did like that they were until they actually are going to the moon. Everyone's like, "This is dumb. Like, why dude, are we doing this?" And you like, forget, <laughs> like, oh, and it's so funny because now Trump is talking about going, and I won't get too political. I'm just saying it's interesting to compare it. That like now Trump is saying he wants to go to the moon, and it was like. We got all these problems, but like, oh yeah, it was the '60s. It was like civil rights in Vietnam, right, and Vietnam. Right. It was a it was a crazy ass time. Right. But we're we also were like, hey guys, we're going to the moon. It's all fine. <laughs> yeah. So I had, it's funny that you know now we're doing the same thing, and I'm like, yeah, but back then, and then this movie reminds me, like, oh no, it, it was shitty back then too. It was it was it shitty. Was, there was people were starving to death, and there weren't nearly as many social programs and all this other shit. So like, right. it's not like we forget, but it's <laughs> we forget. Uh, it, but I guess it's John JFK. You know, it's one of those things. They they definitely right. put they, JFK they the, in there. They bring yeah. that that speech back, and you know, it, it is a aspirational moment. But again, this is what this movie is interesting. <laughs> I love how they play it after they come home. I love that. That, that is was nice. that, that, is that nice. there's there's and there's that's the thing. This movie is such like a movie of halves where there's like things that happen that I'm like that's a cool thing. And I think this is one of the things. I think the direction and the script are so at odds with the kind of movie that they are. Yeah, yeah. And and I think yeah. I like the script. I think I do like the script. And I think I do like how it's written. I think it's got that same energy and straightforwardness that that spotlight that brings and all these other things in the post brings. I think I think I think it's well organized and I appreciate the organization. I think that the fucking direction and even no offense, I'm going to give a little bit of shit. I don't know why Ryan Gosling is really super doing the whole drive thing here. I'm I'm sorry. Like I've He's seen going full Kuleshov effect. He's right, just like right. whatever you project on me. <laughs> Yeah, it's and it's one of those things where it's like Neil Armstrong is actually like a character, you know, like I could have used a dweeb. He was a dweeb. Yeah, he was like this southern dweeby dude. And it's like one of those things where it's like and I agree he was very private and they do a good job of showing. Weirdly, Buzz Aldrin is kind of a villain in this movie. It's a he little is. weird. He absolutely is. And I don't understand that either because Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> they, they make him Buzz into Aldrin. Like kind of a media whore who's a dick. And it's yeah, like well, a little weird. Well, that's the thing, too, is that they also have all these images of him today being a dick. Like, he's he can't get over the fact that he went to the moon. Do you know what I mean? So, like, he's oh, kind he's, of the. He's totally a media whore, but it's just funny to me. Like, why, why Buzz Aldrin? <laughs> it just felt strange. He's like, yeah, it was his fault that he died. Like, what the fuck? I don't think Buzz Aldrin said that. <laughs> I, I don't really don't think, think he said that. Like, no offense, he didn't stand in that dude's funeral with a room full of his friends and go, it's his fault that he died. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just saying whatever works. I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just saying it. I want to be the first man there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you remember Buzz Aldrin's the one who's still alive, right? <laughs> like, he can, yeah, he can watch sake. this movie. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin probably did watch this movie and go, fuck. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Rude. <laughs> it's just like somebody just like, 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 who really does like, he must have pissed somebody off like like it's one of those things where you're i'm like sure like the writer of the script like went and interviews buzz aldrin and he's like yeah that guy's a dick oh that actually would make sense (laughs) that makes so sense because he's the living one so i'm sure he did interview him and he was like and like i'm sure buzz aldrin goes on about it and he's like god this man is a fucking dickhead like that's exactly what happened with buzz aldrin i get kind of a william shatner vibe of like you know, he, he doesn't love that Neil Armstrong is the one who was on the moon first, you know? Right, like, right. He kind of wanted Spock's lines, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just it's strange. But I agree. I think Gosling, and in particular when you compare with Claire Foy, who I think did a very good job 
Uh, yeah. I don't watch The Crown, but I've watched Unsane, the Soderbergh movie, which is also filmed on digital cameras. Can we film Claire Foy with real cameras, please? Right. Can we right. film yes, her please. with normal <laughs> lockdown cameras? We have to film Go on iPhones and 16 millimeter. Claire, My God. Claire, Claire Foy shows up and the camera, like the tripod, like physically runs away. <laughs> no. No for you. It's like, yeah. we can't film Claire Foy. I don't know why the tripod's British. <laughs> She's a very pretty lady who's very good at acting. Let's film her normally. Right. Like, yeah. Give her, give her, Uh, like, give somebody give her, like, just a standard Hollywood glamour shot, like, one of these times. Seriously. The Crown, I think, does that. So I'll give it the Crown. But Crown is, like, Netflix washed out dark grays that bother me anyway. We need to have an episode where you and me just talk about all the way that Netflix cinematography is the worst. Is. Do they require a certain color grade? I swear to God, they must. They They must. must And it's bad. Thing that's, like, it's color grade bad. <laughs> like it's bad. Like it's like because that's what so they named the fucking file. <laughs> like, like good direct. Like David McKenzie, who did Hell or High Water, that had beautiful orange hues in it. And I know it's a Texas westerny movie, and this is like a Bravehearty movie, but he could still do pretty orange hues in Scotland. Yeah, but it looks I, like fucking grayed out Zack Snyder bullshit. Yeah, Zack Snyder it's so, looks better because he has more tones in his colors. Yeah, he's, well, Zack Snyder has. That's the thing. It's like the other thing blacks. too is the dynamics of it are so flattened out, and I don't get it. It's like it's like we're it maximizing be, the movie's content. Thing, right? It must be exactly. Like, that's what it it's got to be, like, be. If we have dark blacks, they're going to come out fuzzy on like eight million people's computers. Right. They don't right. Have the internet, you know? Yeah. So you just flatten the whole movie out, and then when somebody comes along with an actual 4K TV and plays it, they're like, "Wow, this looks like shite." Like, it does. like. It's one of those things where, like, I watch, like, Arrested Development was the first time I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? That's true. It did have a very different color look to it. Yeah, and it's just... Because the original was shot on film, too. Right. The original has some, like, really good chops and some really good set of... Like, I mean, it's a very, it's a very like, set-down set and other things, and they do a lot of different things. I mean, they do shaky cam themselves, but they do a lot of insert stuff, and the fucking... It's, it's insane. I, I, I defy no, you to play the two next to each other, and that's the one that, like, got me going. I was like, holy God, what happened? Like, is somebody drunk? Like, what happened? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, like, 22 July, it's like, Paul Greengrass knows how to light a movie. What is this? Yeah. Like, what is I, happening? I'm actually really... I'm actually really interested to see Outlaw King, which, because it has, like, the, the trailer... Like the yeah, shots in the trailer really drove me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It looks, it looks okay, but it's like, it's one of those things I know I'm going to play that film and it's just going to come on and it's just like, my mind is going to go, fuck, this is cheap. And I know that they put the money yeah, into that movie right? too, which is pissing me off. It's like, have you just like, do we just, do we have to flatten out colors for this? Is this, is this what street? Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. Well, that's why everyone's saying you got to see Roma in a big screen. Cause it's like, you know, Corona, I think actually got away with shooting black and white, not in that kind of, post-process yeah yeah contrasty black and white like i feel like he actually i I feel like if you shoot in black and white and somebody's like oh we need to compress everything like that's just like that's just the worst that's like the worst i feel like the roma netflix is gonna look bad (laughs) or at least not as visually eye-popping as everyone says yeah yeah because i I mean i saw i saw life of pi recently on my on a good blu-ray on a good tv and it still just looks way flatter than i remember it's just you lose a lot yeah yeah, even in Blu-ray, it's one of those things where it's like, so I, 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 we broke our TV and I just bought my first 4K TV and I, and I do like it. 
Um, we got a deal on it for like 300 bucks. It was amazing. Uh, I really oh, appreciate that. So cheap right now. It's awesome. Yeah. No, it's, I don't know. We, we, I was going to, I was going to wait. Like Katie was crazy. Katie thought I was crazy. Cause I was going to wait like two and a half months for black Friday. I was legitimately like there. I was like, we're just not gonna watch TV for two months. And Katie's like, fuck you. <laughs> so she, and we're at target and she's like, I'm going to buy a TV, you asshole. And I'm like, uh, okay <laughs> so she did she bought a tv and i was like nice. okay this is nice but we bought a 4k tv and it's pretty fucking awesome and i don't know it's weird to have a 4k tv and actually be able to like edit and disperse footage in 4k now because we have 4k shooting cameras and i've always just downsampled yeah. a 1080 and it's like the first time that i've downsampled nothing like something to not 1080 and put it up there and i was like oh damn this looks nice <laughs> that's awesome i just i watched uh I watched uh, Star is Born 1954 on a Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Old Technicolor movies. Man, they look so good on Blu-ray. Holy shit. It's one of these things where it's like as as 4K comes up and like we're going to start getting 4K prints of like 70 millimeter. I think that there is a serious market for that because I will fucking give you 200 bucks for that. Uh, do you have the Baraka Blu-ray? I mean, sorry. I guess we're no, no, no. Uh, well, you've showed that to me. That was like our first experience watching it in your it's apartment. Incredible. Like, I, it's we incredible. were like there and like, and we were like you know, drunk and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, and we watched Two Baraka <laughs> and, and I, and I, and me and Andrew was on the couch like, this is weird. Uh, that's not a good Andrew impersonation. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Um, and, 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 and just get back to this movie. Yes, please. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's not like we're requiring every movie to have like that kind of perfect. Uh, I mean, certainly we want better color grading, but like to have like, and this has pretty good color grading, I think. It's a little too blue, but you know. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but they're, you're, it's, they're matching. They're matching 16 too much. They they shot actual 16 and they, I, I'm sure it's one of those things where they got uh, into yeah, the edit and they looked at the actual 16 up. and the guy was like, well, fuck. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> add, a, add a bunch of green to it. He's like, yeah, come on, we got Drag oranges and blues everywhere. Throw some oranges and blues at it. <laughs> Jesus. Just, just scrape scrape it on the side of a, a side of a table. Just drag it out. Um Yeah, it's uh and, and and what and again it's that visual clarity thing of like you know, you you, you need to have the ability to have different looks to your film you need right. to have the ability right. to have a pace and an energy to it and to have a, a and 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 like i think i got a whiplash more than la land just because la land I'm, i've now that i've watched a star is born and stuff and and some of the films that inspired it, it's like i can kind of see where he's piecing from a little more it's a little more pastiche i'm not saying he doesn't have very original ideas in that movie he does but he knows where to steal too you know it's a yeah thing. yeah you know where to lift yeah it's, it's a skill it is a skill no, I, I, I don't think I, that for me is not a criticism at all. And I totally agree with that. It's like he has a, specific... just a little more subtly well shot. You know what I mean? It's not as oh, obviously yeah. well shot, but yeah. like looking back on it, like that is really well paced and well. Like, yeah. Doing that kind of Sidney Lumet thing that Sidney Lumet like always love to change lenses and focal lengths to like right. um, get like tighter and like famously 12 Angry Men. He starts with like the the most like wide open far away focal length and he gets tighter and tighter as the movie goes along to just kind of visually make it feel more claustrophobic as the whole movie goes along. It's something you don't kind of notice because it's a, it's not like a super flashy looking movie, but it's more of just a kind of, no, it's, 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 it's it's the difference between cinematography. This is an issue that's happening now. It's cinematography as flash versus cinematography as tool of the storyteller. 
And oh, that's very true. That's very this is that's your description is a using it as a tool, which is what you should always fucking do. And this movie is pure flash. It it's its cinematography is never used to elucidate on the story, ever. I, I'm comfortable yeah, saying would, ever I, in that movie. I wouldn't say ever, just in terms of like the space stuff. I do think, like when it's Gemini and you're in the like, and you know they're like. You know, they have that little bit where like they have to go pull out a piece of glue that was stuck. Yeah, that was really thing. fun. It's like that's a really good reminder. Like when you go to the Smithsonian and you see the real Gemini, yeah, you know pods, and you go, "My God, those were literally tin cans that no, yeah, humans yeah. shoved themselves in and put a bunch of rocket fuel under." went into space yeah how did not everybody die like i know a lot of people died but how did not every single time it's one of those things where it's like it does capture that a little bit pretty well but again it's like it's shooting the launch sequence the same as oh my god we're all gonna die if we don't fix this immediately sequence you know yeah yeah even that doesn't have a a balance you know like apollo 13 for as Ron Howardy and look, fuck it, I like Apollo thirteen. I don't. No, no, no. I, I, Apollo thirteen is in a, is a way better movie than this. No offense. Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not apologizing for Apollo thirteen. You're right. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. A good it, 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 it's it is a straight up good movie. It has its own problems, but they're not in the same neighborhood as these problems. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Absolutely, and and I think you know, Ron Howard found interesting ways to film inside those compartments without making right. it feel too roomy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's tough. I understand it's tough. You don't want the Ed Wood, we look like we're on a soundstage problem of when we're in a tiny spaceship. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that. That's a good reference. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah. Where's the cabin sit? It's behind. Yeah. Oh, I, I do. There's there one thing I do want to come back to, and this is the thing that makes me like this movie. Uh, or not like I don't like this movie, but like the thing that makes me want to like this movie is that essentially the structure of it is a faith movie about science. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I and that's what I like. I like that I like that concept. I hate faith movies. I hate all come to faith movies generally. I really like there's some hidden in like a differently like, good story that I like to tell, but like on the nose faith movies like this, like just off the hand, I don't I don't particularly like them. I just don't because you know, I, I'm not saying I have issues with religion and other stuff, but like just my own personal stuff. And I just generally don't like them. But this is like something where it's like the combination of science and faith. This is something that I should, I think like, but at the same time, like, you know, cause it, it starts with him and his daughter and, uh, and it's about him losing faith in science a little bit. And like, you know, we have all this great science, but we still can't, save this little girl and him coming back around to having faith in the faith in science enough to shoot himself into space and possibly die. And it's almost like, it's almost like presented as him. Like, you know, it's a changeover before the mission of like him being a martyr to science. Essentially is like what he thinks of it before he goes up. Cause like they do a subtle way of making it suggest that he definitely thinks he's going to (laughs) die. Like that's, that's to him. And like, and it's one of those things where it's like, whereas as it turns over, like it is a good movie about him getting to the moon and back. And I like how they don't show the return sequence. It's just done in such a good way at the same time. It's still a faith movie, dude. I just don't like that. I just don't like the structure of those kinds of movies. I don't know. I don't know. But what did you think of it? Of the structure? Well, or or or, or like what? Do you, yeah, the faith element of it being like a you know this is like it's almost like a like a non-Christian Christian film. 
Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, dad I, movie. I think dad movie uh, may be uh, a better description. You're probably right. Yeah. I mean, I love movies with grief, as you know, and so the fact that it didn't really work for me tells me something, because I'm yeah. predisposed to like movies about space and like movies about grief. So a space grief movie. Uh, I probably gave Interstellar too many points for that reason. Well, <laughs> you know, that's that's the one thing where I know that we disagree with like the rest of the community. Like both you and me, like Interstellar got us a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, it's got it, some stuff. It's, it got some stuff where she's like, you know, he's like, I'm gonna look like you know the robot dies, then he jumps into the portal, and then it goes between. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't it's got moments. I like seeing Nolan be a little cheesy. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. And it's I know weird... it doesn't fit him. It's a loose sweater, but it's a nice yeah. sweater. It's a, yeah, it's a, he's a he's a fucking I don't know. He he's like a he's like a comfy hoodie. I don't know. That's a weird yeah, yeah. comparison. It's like yeah. he's wearing your dad's coat. It's just a little too big. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> he's he's wearing his Scorsese hoodie. Um yeah, yeah I, but and my uh, point and... my point is that Go ahead. Well, let me just I'll just finish real quick. Yeah. I, I... Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's the problem of like when you make someone so cold and distant, and you have like literally no acting from like purposely. I'm not even like yeah. trying no, to no, mean no. like I feel like Gosling is trying as hard as possible to have no expression on his face at all. <laughs> um, so like when you have him pushing that like more than he was when he was an android <laughs> in Blade Runner, <laughs> like, and then also have to like be really sad about his daughter it, it can be very tough because like again it, it's it's a pacing problem it's like an element problem it's like i don't feel that sense of hauntedness of like the daughter is always there you know what i mean except yeah. when it makes it direct yeah and like a good grief movie like that person is always kind of there literally haunting the background which they literally show in this movie they hint at it where she's like in the they're trying to do it they're trying to do it like she's he sees her at the party and shit like that but there's never any oppression of her being there over his shoulder which needs to be there right and i think that's what they were trying to go for is that like he keeps going to space because the only place she isn't you know which i kind of think is kind of interesting but again it just it, it doesn't earn that last little bit with him throwing the name in the crater which is a total invention and so if you're gonna go that far with a movie that's already very processy and trying to be very accurate and then come up with a crazy invention like that's crazy like that you just straight up said that he threw her name in the moon <laughs> that didn't happen um but it's it's something that like i get it's metaphorical and it's an idea and Maybe it's not even real, you know. Uh, and I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. That moment didn't bother me as much as the rest of the movie. <laughs> like, it was one of those movies where the rest of the movie, was. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's bothering me in the rest of the movie. And I'm like, man, this would have been, if the rest of the movie was straightforward, this would have been a good moment. <laughs> that's like what I said when I, like, I saw that. I was like, this is the great ending moment to a better movie than this. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like that moment, it's I have no true. issue. It's probably yeah, true, yeah, I have no issue with that moment. I have the issue with the way that the relationship is characterized. And I really do have to lay this one. I know that people are telling him not to do this, but like, there are so many moments in this script where he's doing like essentially dad jokes that just fucking like you know Neil Armstrong is a person and he has he has this thing and he is this product. He is this dweeby product of NASA, and it's just like. Oh man, just like getting, give me a protagonist that I could root for and like, God damn, this would sell this whole thing better. I'm sorry. It's not against like, you know, he's doing something. He's 
being directed to do that. And that's, that's, so this is on Damien Chazelle a little bit for me, a little bit like Ryan Gosling is being told to do his Ryan Gosling thing. And there's like, when, you know, when him and Buzz are on the ground and like, you know, Buzz is like, I'm just saying what you're thinking. And he's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't like, you know, it's such a, like he looks over at him and it's such a dad joke moment where it's just like, I feel like I know who the character is shining through, you know, whatever this, you know, this thing is. And I think the script is trying to push that view through and it just doesn't come through with like, him like because like even well, when he's also, up on stand and he makes a joke about going to space and not taking diamonds for his wife like that's such a dad joke and that's like the that's like the press moment and that's that's because he actually said something like that he actually made that joke and it's <sighs> right and i think part of it is also when you have like a this may be just an element of the script and it kind of think it comes out of direction too it's like when you have like a very uh a strange person who like you, you project a lot onto often the film will like focus on the other people, you know, Lawrence Raby is a good example where right. like, Lawrence is so weird. It's kind of, even though you always follow Lawrence, it is in a way often viewed through Omar Sharif's character right? because he is like, who is this fucking weirdo? Um, and I think part of that is like when you strip it down, part of the problem is, I also didn't feel any of the characters. I didn't know these people were outside of what I remembered from, you know, from all mankind and, and the right stuff and the other space stuff. I'm not like the biggest history person on the space program. I always found it interesting, but I never got like in that deep yeah, dive. No, yeah. I feel like once you turn 40, you probably do. <laughs> That's when you, like, I, you turn I, 40 I, and you're like, I got to learn about world war two and the space program. I, when you're a guy. So in fairness to you on this one, like I, I know all the bullet points because my dad was air force and it's like right. we pretty much had a forced trip to the aviation museum like in, in Washington, D.C. Anytime we were there and we would like spend like literally a day in the one museum and not go to the rest of the mall. Like it's <laughs> so like I do I do know this. I do know this history quite a bit. And even I'm like, you know, they're, it's not they're not playing fast and loose. They're playing really aggressively no. to the point. And I, that's my but point here. Is that, focus. That's the thing. It's that's right. different. It is. Right, only right. about Neil Armstrong. It is, they never have any sort of meeting of like, here's how we're going to plan to go to the moon. Or here's like Buzz Aldrin and someone else in another room. Like they, nothing. Like it's just him the entire time. And so because of that, if you don't really know the beats, you don't really know the characters either. Like I, I other than the ones I remember, you know, like Ed Grissom and, and Buzz Aldrin and a couple others. But like it was like clearly very important characters in the story of the space program i did not know who they were yeah and because of that because it strips down all these characters it it makes it so that if buzz aldrin is also a cipher then you don't really have too many people to latch on to yeah so it's it's tough to to both have it so focused that it's purposely about one person but then that one person is very cold and not very emotional so you're asking a lot from the audience at that point to yeah. be on board, you know? And to me, I felt like both the writer and the director were a little too in love with the space program and couldn't look at it for a general audience way of like, yeah, just bring people up to speed on, on some of this stuff. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, I think it's pretty clear to me a little bit that they've lost that, that they sort of, um, yeah, I think that they lose their way a little bit. And I think that's I think that's the best way to describe what the fuck is happening. And that I I want to give the I want to give the writer here credit cuz I do think that it's it's a good 
telling of the space program. But I just, I think that this, for me, it's the secondary material of the direction of who he is. That doesn't make any sense. I think that, I think that with a different take and, and like no offense, Scorsese specifically, like you could really, really, really make this spin like no one's business. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Scorsese is an interesting one. That's an interesting choice. I could see that. Yeah. Someone who has like that kind of, yeah, this, is, this I, I just use it because that's the usual thing that people say about Nolan and stuff, and in reference to like, uh, you know, Interstellar specifically, it's like give me, give me that like Heart Springs easy pull guy, and he's you know he can just fucking do it up. Yeah, and and it is Chazelle going out of his comfort zone. We should mention like this is his first one that has nothing to do with music. His first three films, two were musicals, and one is about drummers. You know, and so they're, they're all three are very music based. They're about musicians. Um, they're not just musicals about other people. They are all about musicians. So like, it's him going very much out of his comfort zone to a completely different field. And I which, feel like which I do his appreciate. attempt to not be. Yeah. And I appreciate that he doesn't want to be the music guy. And I I got annoyed by all the jokes about you know that he was going to get to the moon. It's going to be a dance number or whatever. I found those kind of boring. And like, let the man make you know different kind of movies. I I appreciate that. But, like, I feel like he went so far against that. <laughs> this is the Chazelle problem of, like, he's trying almost too hard to be like, look, it looks nothing like La La Land. <laughs> There's no, no, no locked down you pretty know, shots at all. Yeah. Except on the moon. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing is I'm going to say is this is, this is a cinematographer, director, writer, all outside of their comfort zones at the same time. And sometimes you just sort of need a grown up in the room. And that's, and I think that's, I think that's what's missing is like, is like the editing grown up, uh, grumpy old man. Who's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Son, come on, get the, get the, where's, where's the emotional core of this movie? Come on. There's like, there's just like some old school producer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, here's like, I talk like this. And I don't know why I talk, I I, I talk like a gangster. See, and we're going to get the script all (laughs) squared away. See, (laughs) me me and Jack Warner used to hit up town. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, this is it's sort of interesting because now I look back and even the La La Land definitely is blank checky. It is. This is even more blank checky. And like he gets 60 million dollars to make a cold, emotionless movie about Neil Armstrong. Like and, it's and, and the studio is like, well, space movies do well in October. So hopefully <laughs> Maybe get some Oscars. I, I hate to I say know. this. This feels like a January release. And that's the that's the worst thing I can say Ooh. about it. Ooh. That's the worst Burr. thing that I, that's the worst thing I want to say about it. It feels like a January Ooh, dump it movie and like no put one put it in the realm of monuments, man. Ooh. I, I know, <laughs> I know, I I, I I know, I know that's like the harshest thing I could say, and I'm not gonna score it that harshly, but sometimes I do feel like it's like really misplaced or misunderstood. But like let's not go there. Somebody's <sighs> gonna get really angry at me because <laughs> like that's gonna come yeah, I know that that's gonna come up later. <laughs> gonna be some first man head is gonna be so mad at us. He's like, yeah. oh, I don't understand. Uh, uh, the, great, the grandiose national of the of the space program. <laughs> I love the space program. I love, I'm, a, I'm a space program buff, yeah, and yeah. even I and even I'm like sitting in this movie, guys. Like someone locked the fucking camera down. I had to. I had to admit that I. This is the first time I've been to like one of those really nice cinemas in San Francisco because I was there for a conference. We had a horrible car crash. Actually, let's, let's talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> I was in. I was in the space. 
And, and it was one of those things and I was looking up and like, you know, they're doing the Gemini mission with the spin and I'm like, okay guys, you got to slow the fuck down or just, just do a shot of like, not, don't give me the spin perspective over and over and over again. Give me a perspective of like, you know, Neil in the cockpit without the spin happening, you know, like just, just give me something that doesn't, that doesn't make me want to Ralph lunch. And when the world is spinning, I mean, I understand that that's like what it was like and I get that, but like, that is, that is a hard, that you did not need to show it moving that fast, like where the world was blending together to make the point get across. Like that was unnecessary. <laughs> like, Right. There's a similar shot in interstellar, but it's really effective because two people are talking, but the world is spinning outside of them. And that like makes it way more nauseating to me because yeah. like, you know, they're just acting like it's no big deal. And you're like, the world is moving. It's weird. <laughs> Why isn't that weird to you? You know? So it's a good example of like, you can, you don't have to shake the camera to get that same kind of effect. Like <laughs> there are ways to, there are ways, there's millions of ways. You, to there's there's literally, there's, there's a lot of shit you can do. <laughs> like I just, this, this, this movie is a failure of imagination, man. I'm just coming in with like the, this, like the fuck you lines. I don't and really I mean to do this because we probably won't remove view this movie. I, I just saw bad times at the El Royale. Oh, how was that? That is, a, that is a good example of a, of an okay script with great direction. So, oh. and I will say, I think personally, I think that kind of movie is more for me is if I had to pick between a movie that is okay direction and a great script and then great direction and okay script, I probably would pick better direction. I don't know. It's just yeah. maybe my thing. No, I mean, and I, so, and that, that film just, again, it has, it has very smart, unique visual language yeah that it builds and changes and adapts mm. and moves and like just the way that like just like watch that movie and notice how he changes every time you see the sign that says the el royale and like how it gets darker and more sinister and more foreboding the longer the movie goes on and it's very clever and subtle and well done. And it's, again, visual clarity, <laughs> visual, <laughs> visual inventiveness, visual, uh, you know, uh, uh, variety. Variety is the spice of life. And, uh, yeah, boy, this movie does <laughs> not have spice. <laughs> this is, this is yeah. super. Uh, all right. All right. So we, we, we've talked about it a lot. So we, I think we need to sit down and actually yeah, yeah. get a score out of some of us just because at this point, like, I don't even know where I physically personally stand in this movie because like I look at other movies that I've seen and I'm like, yeah, it's technically better than that. That's, that seems to be what I keep bringing up, which is, which is a problem because like we're talking about movies and that's not the way to talk about movies essentially is like, you know, you don't. Yeah. And I, I think I'm going to rate it based on like the talent of people involved, what they've done before and the ability to make a good movie. And you know what I mean? Like, no, this is a misstep. I rate, I rate it is... differently than I would a, uh, you know, uh, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm very, I'm movie. very happy <laughs> saying this is a huge misstep. This, I mean, it is, it is. Yeah. I it guess is. I'll go first then and just say I'm, yeah. I'm going to be, I'll be cruel and I'm going to give it a five. I mean, it is tough to do for that reason, but it is, you know, like you said, if five is your, I'm not going to recommend it, then I'm not going to recommend yeah. it. Frankly. No. And it's everything cool. else is fine about it. Do you know what I mean? It's not, there's nothing wrong yeah. about it, but I'm very strictly like, I'm very strictly like this is a movie for a certain kind of person. And I don't think that kind of person is going to like it. Absolutely. And that's my example. It's like, I know if my dad went and saw this movie, cause like I wanted to see it with him, but he ended up, he and my mom ended up going on vacation and it was like, 
I just want to see it. And so, you know, if it's really great, I'll, I'll have him go see it. And I'm kind of glad he didn't see it because I think he would have left and been like, I didn't like how that looked, you know? And like, yeah. it's one of those times and like, I, you know, a movie's really bad when normal people say it does bad editing, you know? So, you know, when you're going to see it, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. boy. Like, when everyone like, was talking about the editing of Taken 3, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. really bad. <laughs> it must be really bad. It's like, it's because like. Because I notice bad editing in movies like My Week with Marilyn. Who would ever think that movie is bad editing? I do. Yeah. Because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> the fact that the popular culture parlance of Transformers is that they're edited poorly tells you everything you need to know about those movies. Like, that's, it's the primary <sighs> issue. Like, that's, and that's the, like, even like yeah. when when fucking like Jake Paul knows that the Transformers are edited bad, like you know, it's so... picked a good person. That was good. That was good. Like everyone could agree that guy sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that's the whole. I don't mean to diss him this badly, but that's the whole Transformers ethos. <laughs> Sorry, I feel bad. Now. Yeah, and, and and again, and I want to make it clear, like why I try to talk about visual clarity and and, and visual variety is again. I don't hate Shaky Cam necessarily. I think the Bourne movies do it very well. I think Paul Greengrass is a little much in a lot of yeah. those movies. But yeah. generally, he is one of the more clever people about right. it. And I think the Bourne movies are very smart. That they, I don't feel lost in the action of those right. movies. Well, and, I think and the, the worst thing about those movies is that everybody tried to ape them and no one really yeah. realized how they functioned. Probably. Right, then that's that's the difference here is that in the context of the Born Ultimate of the Born movie specifically, the Born Ultimatum, I think is the best one. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but the original as well, I think. Um, there, the use of shaky cam makes the action that's happening actually clear to the viewer in a different sort of way, and that it imparts the sense of the action of what's particularly happening. Versus, like, it just became shorthand for everyone to use a bad action star and not pay Jackie Chan money. Right, and and what is one of the most like scenes that when it, when Born Ultimatum came out, I heard everyone talk about it. I'm gonna spoil this movie that's 11 years old. Wow, we're he swims be... away at the end, right? <laughs> it's a lockdown shot of him swimming away, and he knew how to oh, like let that I, scene breathe. Shit, and you know, show sorry, it no, and... I'm, my favorite is the Born Supremacy. I'm sorry, that was my bad. Born Supremacy is really good too. I think both yeah. are great. They're both, um, both, both, both are good. No, no, no argument here. No heart. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I, I don't know why. As soon as I started arguing with you, I was like, Trevor. As long as you don't say Born Legacy or the fifth one, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those first three, I can understand arguments for all three. Trevor, um, Trevor is having a big rebellion over an animania about some of the harem shows I'm making him watch. So that's like disagreement <laughs> galore. <laughs> I brought um, an outside help to make him watch harem yeah, shows. I don't, I don't that's have my strong bad. So. <laughs> born ultimatum opinions. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, that's, I, a, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's just that visual clarity drumming nuts. Right. It was that, and again, I think it was a misguided idea of like, you either pick, you have your cipher, but you have more interesting characters around him, or you have, you have your interesting character, but everyone around him is not as important, and it's about this person. And I think that was also a bad choice. And I think Ryan Gosling's complete, like, approach, just like, like I said, almost coolish, shovish, like no emotion approach didn't quite work either i think it was just all kind of too muddled it was too many ideas it was too many there's been a lot of talented people get in a room at my example is a we are the world you get some of the greatest singers in the world and you get the most boring harmony that's ever existed like yeah one yeah of the, like least poppy fun songs to ever sing yeah and that's what happens is you, people just kind of contrast each other and they fight against each other. Well, you fill you fill in you fill in the contrast that makes things good, and that's and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. There's not enough. Well, I mean, there's too much contrast in this movie. Bad bad use of suggestion, but <laughs> like, that's another day's discussion. 
Or, or, I've rambled enough, but it, no, no, five, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not it's not a mean five. I guess what I'm saying. I'm not like fuck this movie. Yeah, and just disappointed in this movie, which is as we all know, worse. And, and your family says you're disappointed I, in you. I think I should not be the one. This is one of those ones where I know that I'm a bad critic to be squaring this movie because I am. I am a sucker for the space program. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for space. Anything. I'm a sucker for kind of these like. I don't want to say I'll it, say I'm a sucker for biopics that are very focused. I like, yeah, I like Lincoln yeah. because and I like I, the idea of let's I'm, not tell Lincoln, let's and, tell this one part and of Lincoln's sorry, life. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sort of a sucker for kind of like, you know, no offense, like my dad was an Air Force major and <laughs> like sometimes like this iconography just like reminds me of being a kid on an like an Air Force base and stuff like that. Like yeah, this is totally, like like that. and and at times like and not not Neil Armstrong because he's emotionless, but the other guy that died in this movie like really reminds me of my dad when I was little. Like oh, no. in like a jokey sort of way when he died I was like ah <laughs> like I was that no, was, no. was like he does. He does. It's good and it, in a, in a good sort of like humanist way and it's one of those things where it's like the fact that I didn't come away with a bigger emotional reaction is a super bad sign, you know? Like, it's that's a bad fucking sign. Like, literally, this movie, like, kind of, like, you know, martyred my father. <laughs> like, I just... And I'm still like, eh, five, whatever. <laughs> like, how does that... How does that happen? Like, how did that happen, dude? <laughs> Yeah, and that, those are the words. The films that feel like they're, they're served up on a platter for you, and you're like, "How yeah. did this not work for me?" Well, and that's the thing is, I'm also I'm also do cinematography myself. Uh, well, that sounds fucking conceited. I I shoot video, so uh, I I shoot video, and I know enough about video to know that I fucking hate what they're doing in this one. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta agree on that one. All right. So you Four, said five? Yeah, right? I said five. Yeah. I, I don't mean to copy here. I did a little bit. I'm debating giving it like a 5.5, but at this point, it doesn't honestly matter. We're both on the same page of what that means. It's a non-recommendation. Yeah. It's, just, yeah, it's, a, it's as high a non-recommendation as we can give. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's it's a noble failure. Right. Like, and, there's, and there's total movies that are worse than this that I will score higher. And there's movies I would score a five that I think are less important and valuable and useful. Yeah. You know, like, there's, there's also such a fives weird... that are just like, that's the problem with fives is like a five can also just mean like, yeah, this is, this, know, this is such a weird space. And it's the kind of thing that I'm like, this movie is made, has a really good pedigree and is a better movie than like a lot of movies I give sixes and sevens to, uh, Star Wars, for instance, but like, I'm not gonna, well, the Last Jedi. I don't like the Last Jedi. Something came here. I don't know why I brought that up. I'm very We're sorry. Starting us all over again. I'm sorry. So I'm no, really fucking sorry. No politics. Sorry. No Last Jedi. One one day. My life goal now. One day, I want to like just us sit down in a vacuum and talk about it because I I would like to talk to you about it, but I know that there's enough like hate and bile out I, there that it's very hard to separate what I'm saying from that. I so. say I say after episode nine, six, everyone will move on to episode nine and make their decisions. May, maybe we'll and like we'll also we'll chill, you know, justify. <laughs> It'll either justify or completely nullify Star Wars Episode Eight. Either way, right, right, and then we can sit down and watch the whole thing as it is, like prequels, prequels, sequels. And, and again, I don't think I'm gonna like these three movies all together. I don't either. The, the first two already don't fit where the shit. That's, that's that's. I mean, look, like I can agree. I just think Eight is 
good on its own in a weird, I, I, weird I don't, um, crazy hey, way. We're done. I'm sorry. I don't mean. To, I really didn't mean to do that, dude. I'm so sorry that I said those words. Like, that's, it, I really again. regret that. I already Never regret it. <laughs> like I said it, and Never I was like, again. "Fuck! <laughs> Why did I say that?" <laughs> like that. I don't even want to bring it up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no more. <laughs> the Movie Gang Podcast gives First Man a 5 out of 10, surprisingly. I'm sorry. It, I'm, I am shell-shocked that I did not like this movie as much as I did. So, okay. I am, too. Yeah. I am, too. <laughs> For the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Ben Haworth. Talk to you all later. I've been your host, Jack Newman. Thank you for listening. Head on over to the Tuscan Shed Media Network. That's TuscanShed.com. Check out all our other podcasts, including Geek Space Nine, Animania, A Feast for Bros, The Pen and Paper Pod, and a lot of other things that I can't think of off the top of my head right now. Live long and discover. That's it. That's the sixth one. All right. Go check out all those other podcasts, and then head on over to TuscanShed.com backslash support us, where you can find a myriad number of ways to help keep the Tuscan Shed Media Network on the air, including the Movie Gang Podcast. From everyone here, once again, thank you for listening.